I try to look at every role the same way, regardless of whether the character is real or the character is a fantasy. I always start from myself, because you have to know yourself first. Chadwick Bosman. We define ourselves by the roles we play, roles that we seldom consciously choose. The characters we inhabit will vary depending on who we are around, often based on what others expect of us. It's very common to hear people speak ill of others for acting in a way that they feel is disingenuous, without realizing that this is a survival mechanism that most people rely on to make it through the day. The masks that we create and show the world protect us by concealing the darker aspects of our nature. But regardless of whether or not these aspects present themselves to others, they still exist within us. It can be difficult to accept that there are things about us that we may never change, and this is made more difficult still by the realization that those things can determine the roles we play, regardless of whether or not we consciously recognize this is happening. But there are still times when we do have a choice. If we truly get to know ourselves, both our virtues and our vices, we can begin to craft an image of the role we truly want to play. If we make peace with and accept our own natures, we are then free to imagine the best version of ourselves we could possibly hope for and begin to move towards bringing that person to life. Instead of a passive creation, we become an active participant in the story of our lives. And before we realize it, the line between the character we create and the person we are becomes difficult to find. Who would you be if the limitations of your life did not apply? Would you be willing to face the darker aspects of your nature if it meant bringing that ideal to life? As a new character takes its first breath, let me invite you to sit back, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy the show. I'm Rob Celtic, and this is Drinking and Dance at the End of the World. Hello and welcome back to Drinking and Dance at the End of the World. My next guest is a phenomenal expert in the animation style of dancing, representing both the Reality DC crew out of Florida and The Lot, who are based out of Los Angeles. He has built quite the reputation for himself recently, having won the World of Dance Florida Championship, as well as the infamous Highlight the Style animation battle that occurred earlier this year. A dedicated teacher, he is proud of having been able to teach animation to fellow dancers all around the world. 
Aside from dancing, he also has a strong connection to music by being proficient in several musical instruments, from the piano and trumpet to the guitar and the cowbell. It also says here that his favorite way to spend a Saturday night is to visit retirement homes and dance animation for the elderly, either because they don't understand the dance and assume that they're having a stroke, or because sometimes (laughs) it frightens them and they'll actually give him money to stop. Either way, he says, it's way more fun than going to the bars. It is my extreme pleasure to welcome Salih Simpson, better known to the world as Robozilla, to Drinking and Dance. Robo, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Yo, thank you, man. That was an amazing introduction. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I really put a lot of work into this shit. Like, I have some guests that um, don't understand, like, why I asked for all this information up front. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, trust me, trust me, please, please, just just, <laughs> yeah, just like, give me the you, shit. You have me... to just give me a second and trust me. Yeah, let me do what I do, damn it. I've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. what, are you, what are you drinking today, Robo? Um, actually, I'm, I'm drinking some water right now. You know, got to keep the, the mind clear and the temple clean. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, I mean, as, as the, the late, great Bruce Lee said, be like water, my friend. Yeah, yeah, and that is like all facts. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, I, on the other hand, um, I'm still keeping with the sober vibe, but I'm drinking a Brew Doctor kombucha. This time, I'm doing the Island Mango flavor. Oh, nice. Yeah, very tropical, <laughs> which is really cool because I'm freezing my balls off up in the mountains. Um, so this is just a nice little kiss of sunshine, you know? Yeah. Wow, you're in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, I live in Denver, so. You know, and then like, I was just thinking about that today. Like I'm living up in Denver. I'm like, we're all in quarantine and shit. And when we finally get to the other side of this pandemic, I'm thinking about just growing my beard out and shit and just like coming <laughs> to battles, like dressed in animal furs and like getting all crazy white mountain man and shit, you know? Yo, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I've been tracking this caribou for three days. <laughs> that also, gives me sort of like, like viking vibes oh yeah well i mean thank you for mentioning that shit too because i've been uh one of the ways i've been getting through uh the the quarantine is watching vikings on um on the history channel oh yeah that is my shit oh dang that sounds so dope dude i've always wanted to like you know kind of like not live in the mountains but just spend some time like in the mountains oh i mean you need to like i recommend anybody who's like athletic and and like training hardcore and shit to come up to the mountains and do elevation training like this shit is no joke it's different right it feels like (laughs) a lot different yeah well um now that we got our drinks in hand and everybody at home um please raise your glasses to the sky and cheers to your health. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. So, I'm going to start this one off uh, real simple. It's the question I ask pretty much everyone on the show, which is, who inspired you when you were coming up and who inspires you today? Oh, wow. That's, I actually love this question. Um, <laughs> so, it's funny, like, when I first started dancing, like, it was not something I thought I would actually be doing. Um, Cause you know, like I was, I was a kid and like, you know, as kids, you don't really understand many things that are going on with yourself. For real. So I was just kind of like, you know, just playing around with dance for a while. And my dad, he like taught me my first wave. Like 
he showed me like different points in a wave and I was like, oh shit, this no is so way. Dope. Your pops? Yeah, my my pops. Yo. Because um, my mom and my dad, they both were dancers, singers, like oh man. Yeah, they were heavily into like um artistry. So actually my dad one day he took me to go see Step Up Three. Um, <laughs> it was like the midnight release, like uh-huh. right when it came out. We went, and I remember because um, it was super late, and I didn't usually stay up that late. Mm-hmm. So we went to the movies, and I just remember this this battle in Step Up Three. Um, it was the battle. Uh, it was in like this warehouse. And you had, like, this one side with, like, some crumpers and then the other side with, like, the main characters. Um, You know, you had Twitch in there and everything. But it was one part where everybody, like, stopped. And this dude came out, Mad Chad. Like, Mm. Mad Chad, the robot guru. He, like, came out. He had, like, this purple windbreaker on. He had the glasses. And I think the moment, like, everybody stopped and, like, he came out looking super unreal, that, that it just, like, inspired me. So I would say he's, like, the first person that really, really inspired me to, like, you know, pursue dance. Because I was like, wow, like, I wanted to give everybody else that same feeling, you know, Yo. that I had when I was watching that movie. Um, so yeah, he was like the first person and I would say today, like right now, actually like almost everybody around me, um, really inspires me because, you know, everybody has such different lifestyles and approaches, you know, art in different ways. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I just pulled the inspiration from really anybody around me, like, um, a lot of my homies from Florida moved out here to LA too. So, you know, that also, it gave me a push to be like, okay, like I can do it too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, you got a good so, number yeah. of uh, Floridians out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, a lot of people from Florida that moved here. No, yeah, I meant I'm the just... actual Floridians. Oh, like I crew. hate, yeah, I yeah. hate <laughs> that they call themselves that. I mean, it's clever as shit, but like people no, get confused. <laughs> yeah, like shout out to Floridians. Like I used to actually uh, train with them at the spot in Tampa. Um, not necessarily all of them, but um, a lot of times we will all get together and. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people would be in their corners or they'll be training together. Sometimes we would train together or I would be with my crew. Um, But yeah, like just seeing the growth of everybody, like from Floridians, from like the crew I'm in, like it's just amazing to see. And it just feels honestly like it's just beautiful, you know, to see the growth of everybody. I mean, I got to say, like, I have been around the world. I've been to 17 different countries to date. I've I've seen a lot of dance scenes. I've, I've been a guest of many, many um, areas in terms of, like, you know, dance communities and shit. And yeah. Tampa was easily one of my most favorite communities I ever encountered because – Y'all were just super enthusiastic, uh, like just really good energy right from the jump. And y'all got down and it was a great party my entire stay. 
So oh, that's amazing. I'm I'm really glad you like enjoyed it too. Oh yeah. No, I mean I, I will always talk up that community. Um just not only because it produces so many amazing dancers like yourself, but like I said, like just from the jump, you feel immediately welcome and immediately able to cut loose. So beautiful, beautiful yeah, thing. Shout out, shout out to Florida. <laughs> My home. St. Pete seven two seven. That is yep. like yeah, that's that's where it all started. Now my girl actually, she comes from Florida. Like, oh, nice. Yeah. What part? Um, you know, I can't remember. Like, I I could go out and ask her right now, but she's like, she's chilling. We just had a workout, oh, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I'll be I'll be like her her family keeps trying to get us to come visit, but like, you know, she's like, nah, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, she's like, I'm all right right now. Yeah, plus yeah. with the times, you know, like. Oh yeah, yeah of course. I mean. We'd rather just like, you know, keep everybody safe as much as possible. For sure. <laughs> so um, we have a wide range of dancers that listen in from both the modern and the vintage street dance worlds. Um, oh, vintage nice. meaning like jazz, blues, swing dancing, Lindy Hop, vernacular, all that. Um, so a lot of the vintage dancers are unfamiliar with some of the modern styles, but even some of the modern street dancers tend to not really understand what animation is yeah. and just lump it together with popping. So okay, yeah. with that in mind, um, what defines the style of animation for you? Because I'm sure it must be frustrating. Like I, I've seen a lot of confusion out there about what actually qualifies <laughs> as animation even for me if i had to if i had to like you know explain it to somebody i'd just be like uh look up storyboard and yeah I, they turn their head and i run you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah actually um so there's actually a few uh different types of animated uh styles um you know you have like bopping style which is kind of like a combination of different animation techniques with a hit a chest pop you have uh its base which is like robot um and it's considered by uh one of the pioneers bop and andre like one of the highest forms of animation shout but out to bop and andre you, yeah shout out to bop and andre um so that's like one uh form of animation and then you have like what I do which I consider to be like the more uh, movie style of animation um, so to pretty much break down what animation is it's pretty much you taking the frames that you would see like in movies or cartoons or video games and you're breaking your movement down into frames so the movement looks unreal so to kind of explain what the frames are in movement the frames would be like a dime stop or a stop so if i like walk and i completely stop my movement that would be considered a dime stop so i'm taking these different uh stops and i either make them really fast so i'll speed up the stops in mm -hmm. a shorter amount of time mm -hmm. so it looks really animated because it's choppy or you can have the really smooth type of animation where you're changing a texture to where a lot of people uh see that as slow motion you're like really 
really taking your time and it kind of plays with your mind because it's like, oh, somebody's actually like moving in slow motion. Um, but yeah, so you're taking these concepts, which would be considered animation, and you're also adding different things like character, um, storytelling, fixed points, isolations. So you're adding all of this to create that unreal look. That's what creates the look is the textures. Mm. So you're adding that to the music and then you have the full animation. So that's pretty much what animation is. You're you're creating different effects through your movement to have that unreal look. Because a lot of people, when you ask them what animation is, they will most of the time they will say it's you looking unreal. But that's so broad, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do Chicago footwork, and to yeah. people that aren't familiar with it, it looks pretty unreal. So, yeah, it really does. Yeah. Like the movement is super, it's super fast most of the time. So, I think that's such a broad definition of what animation is and what it can be. Um, there's, you ask really any OG of animation or anybody who does it now like the raw animation like they'll probably give you a different answer than what i'm giving you but i you know i like study animation like all the time i look up so many different things um on animation and um it's comparing it i'm comparing it to actual like movie quality type of movement so how how somebody would you know do do like claymation figures they would take a picture move the claymation picture slightly then take another picture um and it's kind of like a flip book yeah stop motion yeah yeah you do like a drawing and then you flip the page you do a slightly different drawing and then you have a sequence of drawings and when you flip through them it looks like a full movie and that's what um as animators we're trying to do with our movement give the movement that effect Mm, that's really phenomenal because i used to i mean like almost all of us i I grew up on the disney hand-drawn animation movies for a for a long time before they went full digital yeah so then you'd see like the making of like certain movies and then they'd show you like all the different pictures that have to be combined for the thing to look like it's moving oh yeah yeah and then even that style and quality of animation is going to look completely different from the stop motion claymation animation that you were talking about so i think that really does help put it into perspective because i hear like i think i heard i did hear storyboard an interview with him once where he said oh yeah i just i got inspired by old mickey mouse cartoons so you know yeah yeah and a lot of a lot of the animators like you know pull their inspiration from movies or like cartoons and stuff because it's more about like the imagination it's like you you have whatever you need for your basics for your foundation Mm -hmm. and then you just really use your imagination to create what you want through those effects okay so that's why most of the time people like storyboard like bob and andre like flat top like mad chat like they all have different styles. Like you, you see something different from each one. But I think the biggest, 
the biggest reason why it's so difficult to distinguish it is because there was no like there was no set um way to think about what animation was it was all like you have robot you have uh certain techniques you can use but um nobody really really explained it to where it made sense to everybody and thank god they didn't because that allows everyone to kind of interpret it their own way and come up with even more innovation yes the creative freedom is definitely there and since it's a black cultural uh art form like that's kind of a creativity and innovation is a driving force of all that regardless oh yeah for sure because like animation like originally was like a performance style you know like they used Mm -hmm. to do it on on uh doing like street dances and they used to do routines and stuff on the street street performing and using crates and dressing up like all of that is a part of animation i think now it became so trendy so a lot of times when people see it they don't see it as animation anymore it's Mm -hmm. just like you're doing movement and then even for example like tiktok tiktok oh no i know (laughs) go on (laughs) the the tiktok uh trend right now Mm -hmm. i feel like it's a lot of animated movements that a lot of dancers already do but the effects of the video you're just adding that to your dance so it's easier and it's more accessible to the public so it kind of takes away from the raw art form so that's why i love that there's people like you know like me or like um mega man that are like keeping up the um actual raw form of what animation is not to not to bash tiktok dancers because i definitely think that they have their own lane you know like they're making money they know how to monetize themselves and they know how to really brand themselves so respect to them you know but it comes off on the culture too, on the street culture that we're, we're trying to preserve the animation style or popping style or whatever dance. Um, and you know, it just comes off on us sometimes. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I will always support innovation. Um, so long as it's not innovation by means of dilution, you know, so long as you're not watering shit down and, and making it like palatable, uh for you know people that wouldn't understand it. i just yeah it's it's a whole thing like things have to be allowed to grow and to change because that's that's how animation was born in the first place yeah you know yeah um and that's, that's just a facet. it has to evolve somehow absolutely but there's a difference between evolving by means of skill and evolving by means of like like you said adding effects through technology and all that shit yeah, it's yeah, that is it's totally different like when you add the effects. So you mentioned that like you love doing a lot of character work in your particular style. Yeah. Are there any like characters that you favor more than any others or ones that you feel like drawn to by means of like your personality or your interests? Um yeah. Do, do they I have names? Like- Are they people like yeah, so 
I think when I first started doing characters, um, I feel like I'm the type of person to kind of go really deep into like myself when it comes to the characters mm-hmm. and like what I pick. So when I when I was picking characters, I was like, what character do I feel like would be most like how I want to present myself through like how I feel whenever I'm you know battling or like performing or those different things so one of the characters I really like to do I actually have like a Godzilla character hell yeah and uh it's like an evolved form of like the uh T-Rex character that is a lot of animators know about Mm -hmm. um because it was one of the characters that most animators would do like T-Rex, they would do uh Cyclops, they would do King Kong. Those are like three <laughs> characters that most animators would do. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, how can I like evolve this but at the same time make it feel like me? How can I evolve like the old school characters? So I feel like Godzilla is like you know, Godzilla is literally a dinosaur, but like a radioactive like huge as like kaiju yeah <laughs> yeah kaiju so um i just took that and i was like this feels like me because i feel like whenever i'm doing movement like i'm already huge you know like i'm six five so when i step out like I want to have that presence that like godzilla has whenever people <laughs> see him not necessarily like run away <laughs> but be because i don't want people struck to run away. with awe yeah yeah <laughs> i don't want people to like run away from me but i want them to feel the presence whenever like i step out whether it's performance or battle or if i'm like in a cl- teaching a class or something so mm-hmm. uh yeah the godzilla character is one of those characters i felt was most like me um, I don't have a Robozilla character because I already feel like I am like my own character, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. And for those who are pursuing animation, like, and, and definitely want to like delve into creating their own characters, what advice do you have for them? Where should they start? Well, I would say if you're trying to pursue a character, really understand how your mind works and be aware of what your body is capable of when it comes to acting Mm. because there's there's a difference between like just doing a character and actually being the character um you have to put yourself in a mental place to actually really become what you want to become when it comes to doing a character and it is, it is acting you know like most of the time when they do movies like scary movies or like sci-fi movies they have uh they have people who come in specialists who actually do these characters for the motion mm. uh the motion movement so they put themselves in that mental space you know, so they can become this character. Their bodies have to literally transform into how this character would move, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's how you want to 
really create the environment and the mindset for you to really be whatever it is you want to be. And I feel like that also, like, in real life, you know, like, you want to, if you want to be famous, like, create that in your mind, you know, and you're going to put out whatever you're thinking about. I mean, that's basics. That's the basics of magic, man. If you want to manifest something, you have to first see it clearly in your minds. And then you have to have the ritual. You have to put it out there. You have to embody it. Exactly. So I, I would say that's like my biggest advice. Just really put yourself in the mindset, because I think a lot of people underestimate what the mind can do. Even us as dancers, like sometimes (laughs) I think we get nervous, you know, when we go do things. And I think that's natural. But at the same time, what if you could, you know, somewhat control that and really like control how your body feels in certain moments? Yeah. You know, I think it's important to just breathe and, you know, try to relax as much as you can and be like, okay, I got this. Like, I can do this. And do you feel like embodying another character helps you manage some of that anxiety? Like, Godzilla wouldn't be this nervous. So if you really go into Godzilla's <laughs> mind frame, it kind of takes care of itself. <laughs> That's actually a good point. <laughs> I do I do think that putting myself in the mindset of a character, it it kind of like it alters you, mm. you know, like because I'm putting myself in a different world in my head, it's also bringing everybody else into that world. So it, it takes away the pressure. It takes away that pressure of the actual moment. So I think if I were to go up and not think about the characters, not think about, you know, like, calming myself down it would definitely make me more nervous and I already have a lot of anxiety whenever I'm out doing things or like I'm at the store and there's a lot of people Mm. so I feel like it's a it's another outlet it's a way to like cope just to like think of these characters so maybe that's why I do characters you know like so I can cope with that Maybe that's like another reason. Well, that's crazy, too, because like when I was a like people don't believe me when I was a a small child, I could not talk to people like I could not make friends to save my fucking life, you know. (laughs) And then I I got into acting in middle school and like I was always cast as the bad guy because I would pick characters and I would go crazy. (laughs) I would just get bananas with it Um, because it let me get out of the shell that I just hated being in. So I totally Mm -hmm. feel that. Yeah, I think it it lets us be like, you know, anything we want to be outside of ourselves, which is really weird. But it's like, at the same time, I think it's like, it's good for people who have really bad anxiety or who just want to like, you know, release their inner child. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've got a lot of people in my life who struggle with like clinical anxiety like it it can be a debilitating issue for a lot of people and it's it's not even it's not very easy to talk about but is this is anxiety something that's been a major factor for you for a long time yeah um also when I was a kid like I think I was the same way like I didn't really talk too much even my mom used to tell me like 
there were times I used to just point at what I wanted mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wouldn't like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say a word. I would just point. She would be like, <laughs> boy, talk. <laughs> Gotta love moms. I know. <laughs> Shout out to moms. Shout but, out to moms. Yeah. So yeah, when I was a kid, like it was just, I don't know what it was. I think I was just more observant than I was talkative. Um, not knowing that when I got older, I was going to need to know how to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why my anxiety is so high because, you know, like I didn't used to talk to people as much. So now when I do like that part of me is still there to where like, I'm so shy and I'm so like to myself and I'm a, I'm an introvert. Mm. So like, yeah, now when I connect with people, I can talk to people, I can connect with people easily, mm-hmm. but I always feel it. I feel it right there. It's like it's like on my shoulder just like nudging at me like you know you're anxious, like you know you don't <laughs> want to do this right now, but I'm like forcing myself to. Yeah. Yeah, well I mean it's I feel like it's important to honor that part of yourself as well. I mean, we spend a lot of time fighting against the parts of ourselves that we wish weren't there. And that's yeah. really exhausting. It is. It's so exhausting. And I But you know, I'm 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 thankful. I'm thankful to be able to, you know, speak up for myself and absolutely. talk when I need to talk. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that's something I think that's the that that was clearly like the thing you got saddled with like this is the 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 challenge you have to overcome in yes. order to you know live the life that you uh, you want but it looks like you're doing a damn good job from from where we're sitting. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Of course man, of course. Thank you. So um before we go to break, I just have one more question technique wise. Um just okay, yeah. well I mean more more in regards to like the style itself, because, and listeners are probably like, you know, sick to death of me talking about this, but I don't care. This is my show and they can get their own. Um, (laughs) But I I have spent a lot of time on the show uh, talking about groove and the importance of groove because, you know, I, I was raised in white culture. I'm a white guy myself. And as a guest of black culture for a long time, I didn't even realize what groove was didn't realize that I didn't have it, didn't realize that I was missing it. Um, and so in particular, when it comes to like, one thing I know about black creative dances is that groove is integral to that. Yeah. So my question is when it comes to animation, like how, how does groove manifest itself when a lot of times it seems like the priority is stillness? Oh, that's I love that question. That's an amazing question. All I do is um, think about questions, man. <laughs> no, that's actually I've actually never been asked that question before, but I've thought about it. Um what's so beautiful about animation is that you literally can incorporate anything that you want within the style. Mm. And I think that other styles you can do the same thing but with animation it's a lot different because you're more focused on the smaller details and techniques at first Mm -hmm. but i think 
when you add groove, the groove kind of like it really puts together the animation when it comes to dancing because if I'm not grooving with the animation then I'm just doing movement you know I'm just I'm not necessarily like actually dancing I'm just doing movement but what I've done over the years I think that really um manifested the groove is uh especially being in Florida like because Florida is such a hip-hop it's such a hip hop state. It's like for real. Right now it's heavy on light feet. Like so many pioneers of light feet came to Florida. Um, and before that, like it was heavy on like freestyle hip hop, um, and also like B boying. So I feel like taking classes from different styles within Florida being around that, being in that environment, it manifested the groove within itself when it came to animation. So it's like it naturally just came into the animation that I do specifically. Mm. So I think whenever groove is done within animation, it's really subjective to how you learn it. Mm. because there's no specific way to be like okay this is how you can add groove like you literally can choose any groove from any style and incorporate it within animation it's just how you do it because sometimes people do it and they don't know how to really connect the groove with whatever techniques they're using but being able to understand groove and how groove works and being able to understand the elements within animation mm-hmm. and then bringing those together, it takes some experience to really make it feel right and um, really understand that within your body. But after like years, I feel like it'll start to come together for whoever you know, pursues animation. Um, Perfect example I like to use that almost everybody knows is the Les Twins. Mm. The Les Twins, they do hip-hop, but a lot of people don't know they do animation within their Mm hip-hop. They do a lot of different glitches. They do a lot of dime stops. They do a lot of... uh, they do a lot of waving. They do a lot of uh, strobing, ticking. So there's so many elements from animation that they do in their hip hip hop that you can really see within it. Um, and it, you know, it makes for good performances, for good uh, battles because they really um, execute those techniques within the hip hop. So that's like a perfect example I like to use because a lot of people know them and uh, you can you can see it in their facial expressions. I'm sure they use characters like within their mind, like there's so many different things within their dance that shows it. Um, But yeah, so to really summarize it, like take classes from different styles if you're if you're trying to focus on you know manifesting the groove within your animation Mm -hmm. understand how to
do groove, like understand how to use groove and separately from that, understand animation and then, you know, play with it, put it together. And over time, it'll really start to make sense to you. And of course, there's ways you can like, I can give you a groove and tell you to work on this groove and then combine it with animation. Mm -hmm. But to manifest like however you want to move naturally like dance whether it's funky or more hip-hop you can do it you know you have like even in light feet um you have silencer keenan keenan is like that's my homie shout out to him like he's like one of the best light feet dancers but he he adds animation in light feet (laughs) which is groove literally party dances it's like you know, the rev ups and the bad one, but he animates it. He animates his lock-ins. Like he animates so many different things within light feet that is, is literally like mind blowing. So yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, my mentor, King Charles, like he's branched into a couple different dance styles. He started popping a couple years back um, and adds yeah. that to his footwork. And I think the way the, what allows him to do that is the groove because he understands how groove works and like all the other styles like groove from what I understand is like the universal language underneath all these dances. And then like the dances can manifest the groove. So if you know your groove, you can, you know, go through these styles. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is, that's so true. Cause I definitely feel like, um, groove is important if you're trying to like you know battle if you're trying to do like dance battles and stuff like it's a dance competition you know so you want to be able to dance <laughs> you don't want to be able to just like you know, go out and do, do moves few, yeah like gimmicky tricks mm-hmm. like you want to understand how to move to the music word <laughs> the groove is what makes a dance y'all yeah. All right. So we are going to take a quick break uh, while we stretch our legs and um, do backflips and shit. So uh, <laughs> my guest tonight is the amazing Salee Simpson, better known as Robozilla. We will be right back. And we are back. Uh, my guest tonight is Salee Simpson, uh, better known as Robozilla. What's up, y'all? <laughs> what's up, what's up? So, um, there's something I want to talk about, which um, I, I discussed with uh, Jade Zuberi uh, on episode three of the podcast way, mm-hmm. way back in, like, uh, April. Um, and that is the highlight, the styles battle, and okay. also the battle that happened as a result of that battle. Oh, <laughs> because I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm still laughing about it. Um, eight months later. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So to briefly sum up, um, uh, for those who might not have heard uh, episode three, uh, highlights highlight the style. Uh, there was a very well-known dancer by the name of Fiction, um, who uh, is an amazing dancer, but like wasn't quite doing animation. Um, and he was, you know, uh, 
eliminated. Um, and the judge of this battle was the legendary Flat Top. Uh, shout out Flat Top. Salee mentioned him uh, in part one of this interview. Um, and Fiction didn't really understand why it got cut because there were a lot of dancers that advanced that weren't technically doing animation either. It got into a little bit of a thing between him and, and uh, Flat Top, which they worked out on their own because they're grown ass men. Um, but then uh, a dancer, a well-known dancer, white dancer by the name of J-Rock uh, stepped in and made it a big thing. And then it turned into a call out battle between J-Rock and Fiction in Vegas um and whereas fiction showed up expecting a one-on-one battle uh j-rock showed up with uh an entourage all in costume looking like um what you get (laughs) if mary poppins gave birth to a pile of cocaine oh no so (laughs) oh man so they had costumes they had props they had routines um all in a one-on-one battle and this is no like, I'm not trying to, like, well, I mean, seriously disrespect anybody here, but that is re- objectively really fucking funny. Um, <laughs> and also it bothers me because, as I mentioned in episode three, I've spent um, eight years of my career trying to explain to non-dancers that the street dance world is not what you would like what you see in Step Up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we are battles and, our, and the culture is not like that shit. And then in one fucking fell swoop, J-Rock comes in and, you know, tries to pull that shit in real life. I'm like, God damn it. This, uh, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Made me a liar is what he did. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to get your take on it because you ended up winning that original battle. You yeah. are an animation dancer who knows what the fuck they're doing. So what was your take on this whole fiasco? Oh yeah. Um where do I start? Okay, so I I guess I'll start I'll start by saying um you know, the highlight the style battle, it was actually like it was a dope battle. Like I think uh one big thing that really was like kind of upsetting to me was that a lot of people were talking like they were actually there you know Mm. like you mean like i just did oh (laughs) no but but seriously like a lot of people were just kind of you know making not necessarily jokes but they were just saying a lot of stuff and i was like but y'all weren't there like y'all didn't see what was going on like i didn't Mm. see the whole thing about flat top and fiction but like i was there and i saw like i saw like half of it and then I was just at a point where I was like, all right, I'm going to just go in my corner and just prepare for the next battle. Yeah. But eyes on the prize. Yeah. I definitely like, I feel like it was just such a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Like what happened? Because I actually like, I talked to fiction about the battle. Like I actually, uh, I actually talked to him in person about the battle and it was a it was a big misunderstanding and yeah he ended a up getting of, a he ended up getting a lot of heat from what i understand oh yeah yeah and he uh, people already don't like him for some reason which is really weird to me because i mean i know he's people see him as a hothead when it comes to like battles and stuff like that but mm-hmm. there's multiple people that are hotheads 
Um, I just think like he's he's misunderstood and the whole situation just got out of control. Like it definitely I don't know why it went that far because then that battle wasn't even like an animation battle. It was literally <laughs> just like J Rock versus fiction. You yeah. know. Um but I I think uh it could have been settled at highlight the style and just stayed there. Yeah. But it turned into this big thing. Um and I think it did because like you know fiction's a he's like a really well known dancer. So I think the fact that he's a well known dancer and then uh flat top is a well known OG it just you know it escalated to something uh like the street culture versus like uh industry culture mm. so yeah i i just i think it it should have been settled there mm-hmm. um but other than that like the cyphers were dope like the the event was dope um i just think it just got out of hand um <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't want to say too much on it because I usually don't like put myself in drama and stuff like that, but yeah. You know, I would say like from a perspective of a person who's really trying to like push animation. Yeah. Like it did make animation look like shit. Like it made it look really bad. Yeah. And I know I won the event, but like it just made it look really bad. But I'm really glad I did win the event because, you know, at the same time, it it shows, like, there's hope for animation, you know? Like, there's there's hope. Yeah. Um, and I, I just moved out here at that time when the battle happened. So it was, it was an amazing feat that I was able to, you know, come out here and win it because I was... I was training in animation for years before I moved out here. Mm. So I was like really hoping that I did win it so I can show like, okay, this is what animation is. Yeah. Like this is what it actually is. Um, And there was a lot of people I personally felt like that could have made it pass. Yeah. Or that should have made it pass. But you know, like, when you when you're entering a battle like if you know who the judge is mm-hmm. like it's either you like how they judge or you don't like how they judge like we all enter battles and we know who's judging so it's like we know it's subjective like most of the time like you're going to get like the same person isn't going to get picked every time you uh do a battle cuz it's like it's different every time yeah so i think yeah, it was it was just so much in that um amount of time that I was just like really like is all of this really worth it? Like we're trying to like better <laughs> we're trying to better the community and I just felt like it just it just went downhill. No, you, you, for real like I remember like watching the end of like what I mean watching the whole battle between uh, J-Rock and Fiction at the end of it like the thing that I I came away with was Man, we all lost. We all lost this yeah. battle. <laughs> no, it was it was an L. <laughs> it was an L for sure. Major L for everybody. All spread around. Especially especially for uh 
the popping community. Yeah. And I'm not like, this is the thing. I'm not a, I'm not a popper. I mean, I, I trained under frantic for a while and that's, that's my homie. I love him. Um, but like, I cannot oh, shout out to frantic. Shout out to my, frantic. My, um, I used to take classes from him. Oh, he's a true master. Yeah, um, he's like one of the most amazing teachers ever. And uh, and frantic, if you're listening to this, um, respond to my invite, bro. <laughs> but, yeah, um, frantic. But uh, yeah, no. Um, all that to say, like, I am not the man to judge popping. I'm not the man to like get into popping politics, or you know, I, I cannot ever pretend that I know exactly what I'm talking about with this. And I'm not trying to shit on uh, J Rock, and I'm not trying to shit on fiction. In fact, if either one of them wants to come on and share their side of the story, I am welcome. Like y'all are always welcome. Um, but I did th- like just the the theatrics of it. Like just reminded me of some shit I would have pulled when I was first like getting into the the community and i didn't really understand you know any of this shit it was just like a product of people thinking too much you know yeah but also like i feel like um so j-rock he did like i don't personally know j-rock like i've never met him yeah same but like i've heard i've heard uh like people that had conversations with him about the battle and stuff and it actually made sense why he did what he did with the costume, with the people behind him and everything. But I just think it didn't turn out how he wanted it to turn out. No, nah, I mean, um, like a, a, a street battle, like a one on one street battle. Like, yeah, that's not the time or place. <laughs> no, it's no, it's definitely like it's not. it definitely could have been. A, it it definitely could have been a great thing for like a, 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 a theater piece like. No, exactly, exactly. This was not that. Remember how earlier I was talking about, like, uh, animation. They used to dress up in costume. They used to, yeah, that's, I think he was going for that side of it. But, you know, you're in a battle. So if you're having people, like, do choreography with you, like, and it's supposed to be a 1v1, like, that's not going to cut it. And it's going to just take away from what you're doing. Yeah. So it just didn't turn out how he thought it was going to turn out. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> but that said, I mean, I hear, despite a lot of stuff, I hear he's an amazing teacher. I hear he has done a lot for the culture in and of itself. So, you know, I don't want that to, you know, I don't want to frame it like that's the only part of the legacy that we're looking at. But it is, it is something that we can all, you know, have a laugh about and hopefully move on from. So you were saying um that you know the 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 thing that breaks your heart about this whole situation is that it made animation look bad so my question is what do you see like where would you like to see animation go like what would you like to be um like the kind of end result for all this or or the next stage i should say cuz nothing really ends um i would say for animation specifically I would like for there to be more teachers of what animation actually is Mm. Um, because there's only like a handful of teachers right now that really really push animation but I feel like and I would say one person that's really really doing it is Mega Man. Mm, um, shout Mega out Man, Mega Man. He, yeah, shout out to him. Um he actually he has a 
I think he has like one crew or two crews that has been on a world of dance, mm. but they're doing animation and popping and he's like pushing that. So I think getting animation in the eyes of the public to actually be animation mm-hmm. is where I think the goal should be. Cause most people, when they see hip hop, most, I would say most of the time, because it, let's be real, most of the um, other times they think hip hop is pretty much anything besides other styles of dance. Yeah. But I think if we can get animation in the eyes of the public to be animation for every, like, I, I just want to hear somebody or the whole world to just be like, oh, yeah, that's animation, what you're doing. Mm that would be like the most amazing thing to hear. Um, Whether it's like to put it in movies, but to actually, when it's in a movie, to actually explain what it is in a movie, you know, because everybody watches movies or like have a show or something to where like in the eyes of the public, it's actually animation. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's kind of like that for other styles too, like for popping. Like most of the time people call popping pop lock. <laughs> yeah. Like they still call it pop lock. Yep. They don't say that's popping unless they're on the, uh, I would say like in the West Coast, I've heard people say popping. But East Coast, they call it pop lock or hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not what it actually is, you know? So I think pushing animation to, you know, the youth really teaching them what it is and then, um, you know, taking that to a higher level to the industry and whether somebody like performing it on a big stage or movies or, you know, I, I really would love to see that. Yeah, well, I mean, the more dancers we get like you, that are you know stepping up and and doing the damn thing and and uh achieving that excellence i think the better shot we got so i'm pulling for (laughs) y'all thank you yeah trying trying my best absolutely absolutely well in that spirit you also talked about like you know the training the years of training that it it's taken to get you to where you're at right now where you're like you know uh winning world of dance uh winning highlights the style all that shit so my question is and more about defeats. So what do you wish people who only saw your victories knew about you? I really wish they knew the countless hours, days, weeks, and years that go into training. I really wish they see all the hard work because you know, it doesn't come overnight. It really doesn't. Mm. And that's why I post videos because, you know, to give people hope to be like, it it does take training. Like you have to, you have to train. Like there's no shortcuts. You have to like face it head on. Oh yeah. Um, And when I say like training, I, I don't mean just like drilling, like just, dance training all day like it's meditating it's fitness like how how well 
you keep up your body, um, it's like really, really understanding like how to study movement. There's so many things that goes into it. It's not just about like drilling all the time. There's so many things that you have to be able to accomplish for the style that you want to do to really be like proficient and top tier at. So like I commend all of the people who do, you know, train this hard, but you know, only post success because like, I know how hard it is. Like I know, and you know, you go through stuff in life and sometimes you even have to stop dancing. Like, Mm -hmm. um, there's been times where like, um, I've had, I've been in a hospital for like two, three weeks and I couldn't dance for that long when I usually train every day. And then like, leaving the hospital and I'm like, like, dang, all of that training feels like it was nothing, Mm. you know, just by not dancing for like two to three weeks. Yeah. So it definitely like, it takes a very, very long time to become proficient at something. And I'm not even saying I'm super proficient because I really don't think I'm anywhere near where I want to be. But you know, I give myself credit for the hard work that I've done. Cause Damn I, right. I know I've done the hard work. So I just want to see everybody else, like, put in that hard work, you know? Because I know there's there's multiple people that want it just as hard as I want it. So that's one thing I feel like is something important for people to know about, you know, winning events like the win is it feels like something in the moment but after a while it's like like are you going to continue to train hard Mm. even when you are winning I feel like that's the true test like once you get to that win are you going to keep training or are you going to be like okay I won that's it Mm. like like don't stop you know like keep keep pushing past your limits i remember like i was talking to boogie friend at one time and he was just kind of explaining like how whenever you're dancing like by yourself like give it your all because when you do it in front of people then if you're not actually like giving your all it still feels like you're giving your all because you even do it like just with yourself you're gonna do it how you practiced exactly yeah so that's one thing that stuck with me from you know what he said the multiple talks like i've had with him um and it's true you know like you really want to give it your all every time not even just by yourself even when you're out because you never know you never know like you can get an opportunity or you might inspire one person in that room if nobody's giving you like the praise or giving you oohs and ahs, or, oh, that was fire. Like, I guarantee one person in that room, mm. you inspired them. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> For real, though, it's facts. Nothing but yeah, facts. Yeah, that was, that was a deep question. So I, I had to, I had to, 
pull out the deep answers. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Um, and speaking of some bullshit, uh, 2020. 2020, wow. we have one more month to go. Um, it is the 1st of December as of this recording. Um, and this year has been uh, a hellish fucking nightmare that's traumatized all of us. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a crazy year. And for people in the black community, uh, y'all were already traumatized before this year. So the fucking, like everything that went down in the spring and summer with George Floyd, with Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, etc. Uh, it opened up uh, a lot of wounds. Um, it, it brought a lot of stuff out into the light. And it feels like, I mean, all over the place, people were having conversations about Black Lives Matter and etc. But also in our dance community, um, those discussions were happening. It seemed more than uh, what a lot of people are used to. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to ask a little bit about what you've been doing to be okay and, and how you've been coping with all this bullshit, especially this year. Oh, um, yeah, that's, I feel like because we've, and by we, I mean like the black and brown communities, mm. I think we've been dealing with it not just like the past few years, like it's been going on forever. You Centuries, know, like, yeah. So it's really, uh, I think it was, it was something that I think me as a African-American male, like being in my 20s, it was really hard to it was hard to like really take everything in that was going on at once. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I definitely like, I took it hard because, you know, when all these people passed away, like it wasn't just, it wasn't just them mm -hmm. that felt, you know, like, that felt how they felt like I feel like all of us in the black and brown communities like we we also felt what they were feeling yeah but we're still alive you know and they we I would say like because you know that could have been me that could have been my brothers that could have been like you know some of my friends that could have been like anybody we know yeah it was just it was like really i don't even want to say eye-opening it was just like wow like this is it's real life you know like we we deal with this all the time yeah. but i think it was such a shock to everybody else but to us we were like we already knew this stuff happens but it was it was really depressing to see it everywhere because you know because it happens and we know it happens but the fact that everybody was sharing the video and like Oof. all of this stuff like it was depressing trauma to porn. see that what did you say trauma porn yeah it was yeah it was not it was not a good uh few months and you know 
we're all still dealing with that. Um, but have you have you I found? Like, sorry, go on. That's why I felt like it was it was really important to have everybody to understand like it's real life for us. Like it's it's not it's not something we just talk about. Yeah. It's it's not something that we just randomly bring up. It this is like real life stuff. And I think that's what everybody really saw when they saw that those videos of you know Amara Aubrey and George Floyd like being mur- literally murdered yeah. by white white males yeah it's real life you know and i hope whoever like whoever watched it or you know thought they were doing something really takes a second to be like people are actually being murdered yeah like these are humans yeah like we are we are humans we're not just like animals you know so yeah it was yeah that was a very uh that was a very depressing time and you know it's still going on and we we try our best to not, you know, keep ourselves in that mindset. Yeah. I definitely try my best to like live every day to the fullest and you know, continue to inspire. Yeah. And as I think many people as I can. I think you do an amazing job of that. And I appreciate you being willing to talk about it. And I do apologize for, you know, if if I brought you back into that. But I think it's it's mostly to see like do you feel like you found like any sort of healing since then? Um, I mean, like, I feel like it's always just a bunch of open wounds, you know, mm. like I, I think like the world just tries to put band-aids, but there's not a band-aid big enough for that, you know? No, no, there's not. Yeah. Do you feel like um, people in the dance community that are not black and brown, have you felt like you've gotten the needed like support from those members of the community? Oh, for sure. Like there were a lot of people that hit me up um, because they knew they knew, you know, and then there were people who hit me up that were asking, like, how can I like help Mm. how can i make a change and some some of my some of the people in the community like didn't know they didn't know how to talk about it didn't know how to like bring it up some of them were scared Mm. you know i just kind of talked to them and told them like i told them what i told them on how they can help and you know that's that's really all we can do right now is get those those people to push as much as they can for the black and brown communities as much as we push for it yeah that's really all we can do right now absolutely and again i appreciate you being willing to talk on this oh yeah um but to switch gears um 
because I feel like stuff like that we can only stay so long, and then we gotta we gotta get <laughs> switch it. Yeah, up, we yeah. gotta switch it up a little bit. So to cleanse the palate, uh, I'm gonna ask you the most important question that I ask anybody um, that I want to get to know, and that is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be, and why? Any superpower? Yeah. I think if I could have any superpower, it would be telepathy. (laughs) Okay, all right. And why is that? I just feel like, you know, the mind, actually not telepathy. Mm. Oh, that's such a hard question. (laughs) You know, I once um, decided not to date somebody based on her answer to this question. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I I can already hear people going like, oh, that's some bullshit. But let me suspend judgment until you get why. Right. And that is her answer was that she couldn't think of anything and she wanted me to choose. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. No. Okay. (laughs) No, I can't date somebody with no imagination. (laughs) that ain't gonna work we are not gonna get along (laughs) no i feel that okay i i think i got my answer okay i think if i had any superpower it would be telekinesis hey there we go not telepathy telekinesis because if i can do anything with my mind Mm -hmm. that would be like that would be amazing like if i could move anything like because with with telekinesis you pretty much like you can alter matter you know absolutely yeah yeah molecules yeah exactly so i think the reason why i would pick that though is because there's just there's just so many there's so many different things i feel like you can do that you can't do with other powers. Like if I had invisibility, it would just kind of be like, you can just turn invisible. But like, I mean, there's a few things you can turn, you can use invisibility for, but like there's only Half of them are going to put you on a government watch list. So yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, and I feel like also if, you know, if I could fly, like literally that's it. I can fly. Mm-hmm. Like, I can go anywhere, but I can still do, I can go anywhere if I can't fly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Besides like. Also, I mean, if you've got I telekinesis, mean, you can lift yourself. So you're still flying. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's just so many different reasons. I feel like telekinesis is like the perfect power. Like if somebody's, if you get in a fight, like you technically won't have to fight. <laughs> I mean, your mind is doing all the work for you. Yeah. So you wouldn't necessarily like get physically hurt. You know what I mean? So there's just, there's just so many reasons I feel like telekinesis is the perfect power for me specifically. Silly. Yeah. I fucking love talking to nerds about this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh yeah. Oh no, for sure. Like I I thought about that actually a lot. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about that shit. Yeah, every day it's like it's changed a few times, but well, I think you learn a lot. The I think one of the reasons I ask it is that you learn a lot about somebody if 
basically by saying like, you know, what, what would you do if you could do anything, you know, like if they didn't have those kind of limits, uh, the limits of reality on them, like what would they choose? And I think that says a lot about people. So. Oh yeah. And that's, I think it's one of the um, most powerful powers. And speaking of power, um, can you describe to me a moment when you felt truly powerful? When I felt powerful? Truly powerful, yeah. What's the most powerful you've ever felt in your life? Oh, wow. Um, honestly, I would say when when there was an uproar about all this stuff that was going on with you know, the Black Lives Movement and, mm-hmm. um, you know, George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey. I think that definitely was a time I felt at my most powerful. But I think it was because at the same time, we were all vulnerable, too. I mean, one cannot so, be powerful without vulnerability. Yeah, we were just like, it felt like everybody was just like, together mm. not everybody but like you know what i mean like yeah. the the black and brown community and everybody was just like let's do it let's just let's fucking do it mm. so i definitely think that was one of the moments i felt most powerful like it's hard to explain but it just felt it's it's like if you like a civil war you know like yeah you feel like you can do anything in a civil war because you're you're having that uprising mm-hmm. so i definitely think that was one of the times i felt most powerful that's deep that's that's deep and heavy <laughs> yeah well i mean i'm 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 glad you were able to feel that especially in such a fucking trying time i know yeah no, it was, it was, it was great. It was not a, it was not a, the best time, but it was a great feeling to feel like I could, you know, make a difference. Goddamn right. Oof. All right. Well, um, we've got two more questions uh, before we wrap up, if that works for you. All righty. Let's get All right. So my penultimate question is, what is one thing that people don't usually do that you would like to see normalized? Like in general? Yeah, just in general, or if you have specific circumstances too, yeah. Just what's one thing you wish more people would do? What's one thing you'd like to normalize? Chivalry. Okay. I definitely think if more people would just be chivalrous and how do you define the war- that the war- what did you say? how do you define chivalry I define it as like having more decent manners when it comes to like respecting others just in general just like mm. like imagine if imagine if like more people held the door open for each other yeah so not even just relationships, just like not even a gendered general. thing, but just for yeah. all of us. Yeah. Yeah, like if if everybody just was more respectful of each other and had 
better manners, just better manners, just like being being nice to people. It was it was just like not to say because everybody's not gonna be nice, but if the world could be like that, it would just be like a better place. I can get behind that one hundred percent. Absolutely, for sure. Because uh, of course we're all we're all gonna argue. Like it happens, of course. But if more people were nice, like and we can fight fair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> All right. Well, my uh, to wrap it up, um, what did I miss? What is one question you've always wanted to be asked? Like, what is something that like, you know, because we've covered a lot of ground on this interview, but I don't know, like sometimes you just have stuff that you want to talk about and maybe you don't, you know, always have the chance to. So, yeah, what I miss. Hmm. I mean, you ask some pretty good questions. <laughs> I mean, maybe like, maybe like, how are, how are you? <laughs> so, Salee, how are you, man? You know, I'm hanging in there. Yeah. It's, it's been a crazy year, but at the same time, it could also be the best year ever. I can get behind that, too. So what's it, it might not have made sense to a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I definitely feel like it could either be the worst year ever to some people or the best year ever. Mm. And, you know, a lot of good things came out of the year, too. Yeah. And a lot of opportunities I've had this year that I definitely don't think I wouldn't have had if you know, 2020 happened, if the pandemic happened and everything, I definitely think uh, it could be the worst year I've had or the best year. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. The fact that I'm even doing a podcast <laughs> with Rob, <laughs> it shows you right there. Yo, we've it could been, be the best year. We've been trying to, y'all. We've been trying for like two months to get this off the ground, but like schedules have for been real. crazy for both of us. So this is really the fact know. that any of y'all are listening to this is a fucking miracle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, um, for everyone at home, um, for anyone who still has drinks left in the glass, we will uh, raise our drinks uh, in the traditional toast of this show to the end of the world. Uh, So um, before we head out, uh, Robozilla, how can the people at home follow what you're doing? How can they support you in your endeavors? Oh, yes. Um, So usually I don't. I don't really like ask for donations or anything, but you know, if you want to donate some to support my dreams and goals, um, <laughs> you can donate to my cash app, which is Robo Chocolate. Love it. Or you can donate to my Venmo, which is Z A D D Y R O B O. Um. <laughs> So you can donate a dollar, you can donate 50 cent. Really, it doesn't matter. You don't even have to donate. For real, y'all. I mean, um, any little bit helps. And those donation links will be in the show notes. So if you need to see it in print, we got you. 
Yes. And uh yeah, follow me on Instagram at Robozilla R O B O Z I L L A A. Um yeah, and just hit me up if you all have any questions. Usually I respond back if I'm not working or training. But yeah, so and also, I mean, if you um yeah, like hit this man up if you want to know more about animation if you want to train with this dude like this is the dude to train with yes i i teach classes i do privates i do uh i do zoom privates so just hit me up i have a vast amount of knowledge on these on uh animation um and i also teach other things like i if you just want to learn how to freestyle and you need some help some guided movement i teach freestyle etiquette um if you want musicality class um i really dive into like music theory um i i can teach tutting i can teach waving i don't promote these as much but i do these styles and i have studied um within each one of these so yeah hit me up if you want to learn there we go come get this knowledge y'all all right so um my thanks tonight goes out to the amazing, the phenomenal Salee, uh, better known as Robozilla. Thank you so much for coming on to the show and dropping gems on all the folks at home, man. It's an oh, honor. Thank you so much, Rob. This was amazing. Yeah, well, um, you're always welcome back on the show whenever you like. Uh, just hit me up, and hopefully when this whole thing is lifted, uh, I'll see you in the circle sometime. Yes, in person. Hell yes. Like face to face. Yes, yes. (laughs) Get this heat. All right, y'all. So uh, this is Robozilla and Celtic, and we are signing off. We will endure, we will grow, and we will overcome. God bless. This episode of Drinking and Dance at the End of the World was written and produced by me, Rob Celtic. Music for this episode was provided by the one and only Feathers. That's F-T-H-R-S. You can find his new album, Floating, on Spotify and Bandcamp under Feathers. If you like what you heard and you want to support the show, visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash drinkingandance and donate for early episode releases, bonus episodes, personal shoutouts, and more. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to like, favorite, and follow on Spotify and Anchor. We'll see you next time.